Well, folks, we did it. We've got there. We've arrived. Soccer is back. And I could not be less excited. It's very hard for me to describe the lack of enthusiasm I have towards the sport of football, as it's called by our friends across the pond. No, I'm not a big soccer fan, and it's, it's difficult for me to, uh, to express my dislike of the sport. I'm, uh, I, I'm just not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm disinterested, so to speak. Soccer, in my opinion, is a is a boring, monotonous sport, and I just don't connect with it. That's all I'm trying to say. Maybe, maybe I I could have maybe saved the vitriol. I apologize to all the soccer aficionados. Uh, you know, with with all your merch and uh, your scarves, and you know, you drink beer and you sing the tunes, and uh, just to a guy like me who grew up without the sport. It seems a little strange. There's maybe sports that I enjoy or that I've I've pretended to enjoy throughout my life that uh, that that you may find strange yourself. It's just to me soccer a, a little much, okay? And who cares? Okay, you guys are not a minority. It's a beloved sport throughout the world. You can afford a couple people bashing it every now and then. <sighs> Needless to say, I will not be going uh, to the patio games. Those get a little rough, a little too intense, a little loud for my taste. But it is what it is. Uh, I'll be staying at home, uh, a loner, just missing out on a a possible good time. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. I always talk about how much I fucking hate something. It it is what it is. It's... it's, uh, it's what it, you know what I I am in the habit of saying that I dislike something. I I will say a lot of the time I'll, I'll I'll watch a show or a movie or eat something and say that I hate it, and then five years down the road I love that said thing. So who knows? I say right now that I hate soccer. A few years from now, you could catch me probably with a merce and a vape and a V-neck T-shirt. My hair all spiky, driving a souped-up Honda Civic that's about to collapse on the 401, headed to one of the games. I don't know what country I'd root for. I don't really claim much of, of an ethnicity. I'm a mix. I got some uh, some Irish. I got a bit of kraut in me. Uh, DeWitt is a Dutch name, very Dutch. Apparently, if I was to go back to the Netherlands, uh, I would uh, I would be treated like royalty uh, among the Dutch because DeWitt is like an old... Dutch name. DeWitt apparently means the white man. <laughs> it means the white man in uh, in old Dutch, but not the white in terms of like, hey, stay away from those tiki torch assholes. I'm talking about uh, back, um, I guess, in like Nordic times, like the, the there were like Nordic people who came down to whatever the Netherlands were at that time, and they were very pale. They were very pale faced, like ghosts almost. Like you see a lot of like people in Scandinavia, they look very pale skin. Like, okay, you, you need some vitamin D, pal. Okay, get some sunlight, maybe have some broccoli. Uh, but those are people, uh, yeah, they, they had very pale skin. They were known as the white people, the whiter, the whiter than usual. Uh, that that's the DeWitt name, essentially. That's the, that's the origin, the genesis of uh, my my forebears. But I, I don't know what country I would uh, 
maybe just to fit in, I'd, I'd claim like I have like one eighth Italian ancestry. So maybe I claim that just to be on the good side of everybody. I see a lot of people like uh, the Italians that I grew up with when I was a kid, a lot of them weren't even Italian. Like their names were like Kirk Schmidt or something like that. And they're like, yeah, no, I got a grandma. Her, you know, she's from Naples, bro. You know? So they, you know, just, just to fit in with all like the real Italian kids in my school, they would, uh, they would do that. They would, uh, they would claim Italian. They would claim that ethnicity and they would use words like, ah, Maron, like, you know, shit like that. Yeah, it is what it is. Beautiful people, beautiful culture. Love the wine. Even though I don't really, uh, I don't really partake in, uh, in red or white wine ever, really. Most, most of the people that I've seen in my family who drink a lot of wine, they just ended up crying at the dinner table. It's, it's a rough scene. I'll do the gelled up hair, the V-neck t-shirt. I said immerse in a vape that's a little too much for me. I probably have to evolve into that. I have to take baby steps into, into douchiness. But like that's, that's the soccer fan look. That's the soccer guy, you know? Uh, probably a rosary tat somewhere, somewhere on my wrist, just to show you that I mean business. Because anybody with a rosary tat is not is not a peaceful person. Growing up as a good old Catholic boy, I would know a lot of girls who would get the rosary tattoo on their foot, and that was usually their way of saying, "I am not a woman of God." Very strange, ironic way to send that message. I don't know. They were probably trying to impress their parents or some shit. Maybe their grandma from Naples, bro. Is what it is. It's a weird, weird game, the culture game. And you know what? Do what you want with soccer. I respect if if you want to play soccer, if you want to do soccer, if you want to watch it, that's fine. Uh, But during the soccer season, I will say this, okay? And I do mean this from the bottom of my heart. Um, Driving with a flag tacked on to the back of your car that's big enough to stop and disrupt and cause accidents and traffic by now should be considered an act of terrorism. We know you love Croatia. Maybe just have a little tiny one. Just just on the, the passenger side. But not like a fucking pirate level flag that's just trailing behind. You don't even have a good looking car. You drive a Pontiac Sunfire. That was my first automobile. That thing's about to explode, setting that flag on fire. It's going to go viral. People are going to film it, and you're going to look like shit to all your other countrymen because they think you're going to be burning the Serbian flag. Not a good look. Not a good look. I'm looking out for you at the end of the and other people who you're, whose lives you're putting in danger. No, it's too much of a distraction. But welcome to episode 36, everybody. It's good to know you guys are listening. Uh, I have been getting some pretty decent feedback. Uh, on the. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the last podcast. I shortened it a little bit. It was only 14 minutes, and it was just me going in on, on the film that we shot uh, last week, which went well. But I, I get a little tired of just talking about my things. I get a little tired of just talking about everything that I'm doing in my life. I want, I want to reach abroad. I want to, I want to expand. Okay. I want to expand the the subject matter that this podcast covers, especially since it's just me. 
and I don't have like a, another person uh, to to play off of by choice. Okay, it's not that I, I'm a loner who doesn't have any friends. It, it just is what it is. But I'm I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are listening, all right? Whether you're hate listening, whether you're, you're a fan, I'll take it any way you can give it. I'm an attention capitalist. However, whatever whatever form it comes in, just give it to me and I'll make use of it. That's just the, the, the economy of my ego, <laughs> so to speak. Ah. Uh, but I hope you guys had a uh, a safe and fun Father's Day. I hope uh, there was a lot of Billy Joel playing. Uh, I hope every maybe some Elton John. I hope everybody just stood in a line and danced to Crocodile Rock. That's a Father's Day if ever I saw one. I'm just naming off the artists that my dad enjoyed uh, in his heyday. And uh, no, we I, I had a good one. Uh, he he enjoyed my gifts. I got him some oven mitts because that motherfucker likes to cook. He likes to cook Italian food. He's one eighth Italian. And he's uh, he compensates for it by cooking all Italian dishes all the time. He even kisses his fingers every now and then. I think that's a little too far. I don't. It's a little cartoonish. Nobody really does that. I think, but it, uh, it's what it is. It's what it is. I uh, so patios are back open. I uh, I went out last night with a couple of buddies, and I drank for the first time in months. That was uh, quite a doing, and I, I, I've talked a couple of times about how I was off the sauce, and uh, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not. In, I'm not in, sober. I'm not recovering. I, I, I made the mistake uh, when I stopped drinking. I think somebody asked me if I was sober, and I said, "Yeah." And they introduced me on stage as, "Hey, this guy's been sober for two months," and I'm like, "Oh fuck, okay, never mind." That was maybe not the right choice of words. But I'm not uh, – and it was a little embarrassing because then I had to do a whole bit just <laughs> – I had to uh, I had to confirm to people that, no, I'm not like in recovery or anything. I just – I stopped drinking by choice, tired of it. I'm past that. I feel in my life per, like I, I just kind of want to move on and try new things, maybe, maybe get into some arts and crafts. Maybe I'm settling down early. But I had a couple beers with some friends. We went out, uh, me and my buddy Max Ross and a friend of mine, Aline, the guy who was in the, I talked about him, uh, the guy who starred in my short film. We uh, we was just lined up at a Jack Astor's and uh, got a patio seat. And we just watched the basketball game. And it was pleasant. It was just the three of us at a picnic table that they probably hijacked from some public park. And, uh, but they're doing they're doing good things at these restaurants. Jack Astor's, I will say, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, Jack Astor's, I, I'm really happy with the transition that they've made. Jack Astor's used to be like a TGI Friday level, uh, like the Canadian version of TGI Fridays, I guess. It was just this family restaurant. They had like really doughy appetizers, uh, really like saucy foods. They still do to a degree, but they've upped their, they've upped their quality, in my opinion. And it's uh, it's really good. Like they're doing this thing now where it 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 almost feels like they they've just they've refurbished everything. Um, and it it almost feels like a club, like a fancier restaurant, dare I say, like a place where uh, people in their late twenties, early thirties can hang out and just talk about their breakups. And uh, hey, I haven't done my taxes in three years. I just realized 
the CRA is knocking at my door literally at this point. They're talking about things like that, adult shit, young adult shit. And it's, it's a fun environment. You know, nobody's angry at each other. Everybody's just sitting at their respective tables. There weren't any fights. Everybody was just happy to be out. And uh, me, I, I'm not necessarily a social butterfly. I've uh, pretended to be over the years because I'm a disingenuous fuck. But I, uh, I had a wonderful time uh, sitting there and just uh, shooting the shit and uh, having a couple, uh, a couple of cold ones. And I kind of want to do it again. Uh, hopefully with a member of the opposite sex soon. Because, boy, oh, I'm a hurting. Yeah. I'm back on the tinned. Getting a couple matches here and there. I do this thing, I call it a thunder run, where I just swipe. Just ridiculous. Just, just, like that. And I, uh, I see who I match with. And if it's somebody I enjoy uh, looking at and uh, reading about, I'll uh, I'll hit you up. It's what it is at this point. Uh, I do eventually have to uh, stop focusing on the patios and uh, maybe go out to the mall or something. Because I also need to get some new clothes. I'm... uh, I'm fucking the last the last year and a half the last fifteen months I've been dressing every day like I'm on my way to a comic con convention or a comic con excuse me do I not have the terminology right will sue me okay I I I I'm a- I actually know that there's a life outside of Marvel and Star Wars and Spider Man and Batman but I've uh, I've I've just been dressing in like like Goodfellas t I have a Goodfellas t shirt it just it has Joe Pesci on the back. And it just says Goodfellas. It's like just like some knockoff shirt that I got in the eleventh grade. I just I walk outside with that, and I feel like a vagrant. For somebody who's about to turn thirty, I do need to up my clothing game a little. I need to start purchasing items of clothing that I cannot afford. That's what people my age do. I'm going to buy a nice Gucci belt. Possibly a whole Gucci outfit. I'll pay for that with a credit card, and I'll be in debt for the next 10 years. But so what? I got laid off that outfit. I only got two pairs of pants. I got a pair of jeans and a pair of khakis that I'm wearing currently as I record this. So uh, I can either be a douche that's a little grungy or a douche that's looking a little formal. Ladies, take your pick. Oh, my. What did I want to talk about? I always keep these little notes. I never do it with stand-up. I, I, I make a point not to. But I like uh, I like having it here. I always try to talk about a movie with each episode. Like one movie I try to like focus in on. Like a couple episodes ago, I did The Conjuring. And then before, I've done a bunch of stuff. But... Um, I got to tell you, I watched Taxi Driver again recently, and Taxi Driver, it, it's one of those fil- – it's like a once-a-year movie for me. Everybody's got that movie that they watch or movies that they watch that they, that they got to they gotta do at least once a year, right, just because they love them and they just – they want to re-experience it. I got a lot of favorite movies, and like the, t- the, the period of time in which I re-watch the film, it, for the most part, it's expanded 
because, you know, I can only watch Tom Hanks storming the beach of Normandy so many times before I become numb to it. And it's such a good scene. I don't want to become numb to it. Saving Private Ryan's a wonderful film, but I got a, at least like a year and a half, two years at this point. It's a heavy fucking movie to be doing every year. But Taxi Driver, it's of course a heavy film and it's dark as shit, but it's one of those movies that is short enough where I could, I just have to, as a film lover, I just got to rewatch it. And that's one of the few movies that I do. Like, again, I, I watch it once a year, like I said, but like Super Bad is another one. I got to do once a year. It's just, it's light enough to do. And it's just, as I get older, a little bit older, that movie just hits me differently, especially that scene when they're, they're kind of, they're drifting away from each other at the end. Like Seth, uh, Seth, uh, fucking Jonah Hill's going down the elevator or the escalator. And Michael Sarah's just up, uh, up at the top watching him go down. And I didn't know what that meant when I was a little kid. I, I had no clue when I was 15 watching that movie, but it, it, it means that they're drifting apart from each other. And that's a beautiful ending. And and as you get older and rewatch that, it hits you because you're you're experiencing the same thing. And uh, it's just one of those movies that just has it, it resonates with so many people. Despite how problematic it is now. Oh, my God. A bunch of kids trying to get laid at a party. Holy fuck. Call the National Guard. Uh. Another once a year movie. I got a few. Do the right thing. Once a year. I got to watch that. Jaws. Every summer. You got to watch Jaws. Goodfellas. Shawshank. I try for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Just because it's so goddamn good. But I, I'm, that's another one that I'm doing like every two years now. Because it's, it's it's fucking. It's way too much. And I don't do the extendeds. The extendeds are just fan. Fan. Fanfare garbage. It's bloated. I fucking hate them. The theatrical ones are the best. There, I said it. But anyways, back to Taxi Driver. Excuse me. Uh, Try not to go mental here. Taxi Driver is one of the few films that, at risk of sounding pretentious with this, I'm not trying to sound pretentious. It just comes naturally. Taxi Driver is one of the few films that I will say is like a painting. It is like it is just a work of art. It's elevated above film level, and it is just this it is this statement. It is this artistic statement. Every scene in that movie is is a portrait of something. Just the opening scene, Robert De Niro in his taxi, creeping through the New York mist on a foggy night. It's not really mist. That's steam coming from the sewers. It's people's shit. But it's it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautifully dark, ominous scene. And it's foreshadowing all the terror to come because you know this guy's up to some crazy shit. Uh, but it, it, what, what an amazing movie! And the shootout scene—I don't know what—I don't know what more you could say. It's just this incredible scene, and it's uh, probably the best scene in the movie. It is the climax. It's you know every, everything in the movie is leading up to this. This when he blows at the end and just shoots up this uh, these uh, these pimps. Just an incredible, and he, he shoots that mob guy, <laughs> blows his hand right off with a fucking, just that hand cannon. And incredibly shot. But every if you're a film lover or a filmmaker or an, an aspiring filmmaker like myself, every movie that you love, there's one scene that's just dear to you. It, it may not be uh, loved and... Uh, I guess, uh, like, revered by other people. 
by the masses, but you enjoy it. And for me and Taxi Driver, it's it's the scene where Robert De Niro is on the payphone with that girl that he loves. The, the girl, I believe, her, I think it's Betsy is her name in the movie. And she's breaking up with him. You can't hear what she's saying. You're just you're just watching De Niro's body language and how he just reacts to this. And it, the, the camera stays on De Niro for about a minute. And right, I guess, as she's saying, don't talk to me anymore. I don't like you. You're a creep, whatever the fuck. And he is a creep in the movie. He takes her to a porn theater. One of the cringiest movie scenes of all time, by the way. But just as the camera's focusing and she's rejecting him, Scorsese pans the camera. The camera moves away from De Niro and then about 10 feet away to this empty hallway. And it's just, it's, there's nobody there. You can see maybe the silhouettes of people passing by outside from like 30 feet away, whatever. But it just stays there for a good like 30 seconds. And I never, I never knew what that meant when I first saw it. It was similar to the ending of Superbad. <laughs> That's the only time you'll ever see me compare to those two films. But I never knew what it meant when I first saw it because I was young and I just, you know, naive and whatever. But what Scorsese's doing in that scene is, and he's done this in other movies where there'll be a shooting that happens and he'll focus on like a beautiful pot of flowers. And in the background, you can hear the gunshots and screaming and this and that. But he's focusing on a beautiful color because he's just trying to distract you from the horror that's taking place. And in Taxi Driver, he's doing the same thing. He's employing the same, uh, I guess, effect or the the, the same um, technique. Uh, and he's basically saying that the Travis's rejection, De Niro's character, his rejection in that scene while he's on the phone is more traumatic and harder to watch than any of the violence depicted in that film. That's what he's doing. He's distracting you and taking you away because the viewer does not want to see the, the, the sadness and, and the despair on Travis's face. He's, he's devastated. And this is the beginning of the downward spiral. The one human connection that he's tried to make in the film has failed because he's just an antisocial fuck. And and now he's going to war with the streets. And it was just this beautifully done scene. Uh, one of the one of my favorite, I guess, film scenes in a lot of ways. It's just one that I personally like, I guess, if, if I had to go for the shootout scene in the hallway scene. I would probably pick the shootout because it's just, you know, it's one of the greatest movie shootouts ever. But that hallway scene, deep. Anyways, Taxi Driver, if you haven't seen it, fantastic movie. You've had almost 50 years, so excuse me if I've spoiled anything. But uh, just uh, just a work of art. Ah. Uh. I'm surprised nobody's tried to like cancel that movie. I'm surprised nobody's like nobody's gone after Taxi Driver. It's 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 well known enough for people to go after. Most people I feel over the age of 30 have have seen it once, I feel in North America at least. The film's a classic. If you're a film lover, you 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 know Taxi Driver. You know Travis Bickle. 
Because Travis is no longer I, here, here's how I know, because Travis is no longer a, a, a popular name. I don't know a lot of people named Travis, and the, and the Travises I have met, um, psychopaths. I don't think I've met a Travis that doesn't sell cocaine. Something's off podcast. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on the talk. If you try to look for me on Facebook, you're going to be disappointed, folks. There it is.